Welcome to Boot Up Still Loading. And we're your hosts, Mercedes Bass and Raven Roberts. On this episode of Boot Up Still Loading, we will be discussing marriage. Y'all, we are not married yet, so we had to bring on our special guests, Latasha and Lynn Cooper, who can give us all the tea and mentally prepare us for that journey. So Lynn and Latasha Cooper have been married for 24 years. They have two young adult sons who are 23 and 21. They have been serving as entrepreneurs in the financial services industry for almost 15 years. Previously, Lynn was an elementary school principal. He desired to begin to help families strengthen their financial future. That is necessary. Um, Latasha remains in education as a school psychologist and provides her skills to their business as her time permits. Working together in business has been one of the biggest blessings in their marriage. Currently, they have a podcast together called Peace of Mind. Welcome, Welcome. Lynn and Latasha Cooper. Hello, thank you. Thank you guys for being here. Again, we start off with every guest episode asking age, sex, and location to bring it back to our 90s chat room days. So for both of you guys, what is your age, sex, and location? So we are um, in our 40s. He may be his age, but I am definitely (laughs) a 90s baby. I graduated high school in 91 and also graduated college in the 90s. So in 95. And we are in California. Okay. Yes. yes. So little LA native. <laughs> exactly. So my name is Lynn Cooper, obviously, and uh, I'm 48. I'm a, I'm older than her. <laughs> I, I just now just say she's 20. So. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, welcome, 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 guys. We will get into again how. We start off every conversation, definitions. So Dr. Bass, take it away with the definitions of marriage. So of course we had to go to our trusty um, resource, Urban Dictionary. We're going to start off with that. Urban Dictionary defines marriage as a never ending compromise. Okay. Yes. You know, all the ratchetness. Now let's take it to Wikipedia where we're a bit more (laughs) civilized. (laughs) Um, Marriage, also called matrimony or wedlock, is culturally recognized union between people called spouses that establishes rights and obligations between them as well as between them and their children and between them and their in-laws. Okay. So... How do y'all feel about Urban Dictionary calling marriage a never-ending compromise? I think it's more accurate because I think (laughs) 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 just just from my perspective, I think really what what happens in a marriage is that if you want to stay successful and you want Mm -hmm. that marriage to last, you have to give up a piece of what you want to do. And so mm-hmm. compromise really is, is on both ends, though, because mm-hmm. if I'm the only one giving up what I want to do, and she's getting everything, or vice versa, one of us mm-hmm. is going to be unfed in the relationship. And what happens mm-hmm. is over time, mm-hmm. 
that unfulfillment leads to resentment and then it opens up the door mm. to other things. Mm. And I grew up where I was blessed to have parents that were married until my mom passed away. So okay. I got a chance to see the other side of the fact that a marriage did involve the family. And so mm. having my, my mom had nine brothers and sisters. And so wow. we pretty wow. much had almost every single one of them live in our home and wow. at, at some point in time. So I got a chance to see how helping family is important, which I still have brought that into our marriage, but mm -hmm. with some boundaries. And so yeah. mm -hmm. my husband and I, we decided he's an only child and I mm. only have one sister. And so we decided as part of our marriage, that of course, we would always support marriage. One of my aunts, when she got diagnosed with cancer, my husband was running the business and we had resources, which was a blessing. And so mm -hmm. I was able to be there with her from the time she got her diagnosis till she took her last breath because of oh, our beautiful. business. Mm -hmm. And wow. because of the fact that I had the time and I would take my kids with me, but mm -hmm. we decided how we would support our family members and, and, and what boundaries would we place. And one of the things that we placed mm -hmm. was that our home would be our sanctuary mm -hmm. and that our home would be for the two of us and for our two children. Mm-hmm. Mm. I would just like to no. say shout out to the only children. There's there's hope. And that yes. even comes into yes. the marriage. Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> only children, um, and I'm unique in that. Um, mm -hmm. My sister and I, we have the same uh, same dad, but different moms. And mm -hmm. thankfully, mm -hmm. we have a strong relationship. We spend a lot of time together. So we have a true sister bond. But, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. also at the same time, she still had her own house and I still had my own house. So I still have mm -hmm. some mm -hmm. only child syndrome. You do. <laughs> and yes. Especially yes. because I'm the youngest. And I will say she is absolutely the best big sister ever. I'm, I'm pretty spoiled. Aww. So, uh, so I definitely have spoiled tendencies and he's an only child. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. I'm, I'm like you, Latasha, <laughs> mm -hmm. my, my siblings and I have the same dad, but we have different moms and I'm the baby girl. Mm. So, and I've pretty much been the baby most yes. of my life. And so it is definitely like, I tell my dad all the time, I'm like, I'm your favorite. <laughs> it's fine. Like, I just need you to embrace it, understand it's okay. So, so we're, we're all represented here. Mm -hmm. Okay. We all have single children <laughs> tendencies. And, um, that's just what it is. But, you know, half of us are married. So there is hope for all right. of us on this call. Okay. <laughs> So perfect. And I know in the Wikipedia we uh, and I know in the Wikipedia article they also talked about different forms of marriages, which we all know about monogamy is the form of marriage in which one man is married to one woman at a time. And there are actually three different forms of polygamy, where polygamy is an individual allowing a Polygamy is an individual having more than one spouse at the same time. So polygamy, instead of polygamy, polygamy mm -hmm. is when a husband has more than one wife at the same time. 
polygamy mm. is when a woman has more than one husband at the same time yeah. and group marriage is there's multiple husbands and multiple wives in the same marriage that's a lot so yes that's a lot <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely a lot there's you know everyone has their own different type of marriage that works for them um but yeah, I just, it, I just want, like you said, it's for me and my husband right. and my household and my kids. I don't want all the extra people. You know, I couldn't do the whole one husband, four houses like they had on that one show on HBO. Mm-mm. I'm I'm good with just monogamous marriage right. um, and just it being, being that way. Um, so yeah. So what are you guys' thoughts on these different types of marriages? And how you know having more than one spouse like i don't i don't even think i don't i barely have time to think about what i need to do let alone <laughs> two or three other well, people well i think you know in our african community that you know if you look throughout the diaspora of course that is in our history where mm. um you mm-hmm. know there are some instances of husbands having more than one wife when you look at us culturally like i said throughout the diaspora but within the experience of us Africans living in America, most of us have started to, you know, to ascribe to Christianity. And so Mm -hmm. for my husband Mm -hmm. and I, that is something that is, is important to us. We both Mm -hmm. have a Christian background. So having a relationship that is going to be pleasing to God and that is according to the biblical principles as much as you can, Mm -hmm. because all of us have to die daily to sin. So that doesn't mean right. that mm-hmm. temptation does not come in. That doesn't mean that um, a woman will see your husband because my husband is fine and, <laughs> and <Come on>. see <laughs> his level of success and not care that you exist. And and so I mm. think as women, that's something that is really important that as a community, you know, we need to be able to to really edify the institution of marriage and and understanding mm-hmm. even with our men that our men need to respect us. And so mm-hmm. if there mm. is a woman that is out of place, it is also up to the man to who is married because he's the one that's made the commitment. So that, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of times we blame the woman, but yeah. at the same time the man is the one that that is committed. He's the one that stood at the altar and took the vows. So I think it's mm-hmm. a two-way street. And, um, it's it's not as though we haven't had to experience difficulty in that area, because like I said, my husband is fine. He's very, very, very successful. And with that comes, um, different aspects. And so for me as a woman, I think being confident and not having, um, a jealous kind of spirit and, Mm -hmm. and also Mm -hmm. being prayerful. I think that is Mm -hmm. the key. Yes. And that has what that's what has kept our marriage is is remaining prayerful. Um mm. and in all aspects, praying for your husband's success, praying for your success, praying for your kids' mm-hmm. success, and um and understanding that that there are going to be those weapons that will come against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I, I, what I would add to come that now mm-hmm. is that being married long term is is a very daily challenging uh, proposition. And so mm. what we as men need is for our wives to understand that challenge. 
And so what happens oftentimes is a lot of people enter into a marriage and once they get married, they let their guard down. They stop doing the things that were necessary to get that man or the mm-hmm. husband stops doing the things that were necessary to get his wife. For example, one of the things that we as men have a tendency to do is to stop telling our wives that they're beautiful. I tell my wife that she's beautiful every day. Why? Because I know somebody mm-hmm. else is going to tell her. I mean, I do it seven mm-hmm. days a week, probably not, but I definitely know I do it four to five, four, for sure. Actually, you're close to mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> right? And so, so we have to uplift our wives and let them know that they have value and let them know mm-hmm. that, that just because we are married to them, that we haven't forgotten about what it took to get them. Having right. surprises from yes. time to time and letting them know, like, let's keep the spice in the relationship. That's, mm-hmm. that's our role and responsibility. Uh, I believe that my wife's role in particular and wives' roles in general, you guys got to let us know, like, hey, that you still want us and that you still want to oh. take care of yourselves. Mm-hmm. Like, we still like silk and we still like satin and we still like neckerchiefs and we still like that. We don't start start liking flannel once we get married. It's not not the material of choice. Mm. (laughs) It's not the material of choice. He said no. No, what is that? No. He said keep it fresh. Keep it fresh. Just burn all the cotton. Now, that I don't want to misconstrue it like to say that you have to wear a nightie every single night. That's not what I'm saying at all. Mm-hmm. But but to go to pajamas seven days a week. Now, over time, we may not say it, but we ain't feeling it. Right. And, and we also. Yeah, absolutely. And we also want you to take care of yourself. Like mm-hmm. if you if you worked out before we got married, we're not saying you got to be, you know, 36, 24, 36 when you're 80. But we're saying, mm-hmm. like, keep it tight. Like, keep right. keep working on it. Mm-hmm. Keep, keep doing the things that make you feel good about yourself. Because it's not our responsibility to fulfill you. It's your responsibility to fulfill you. Yes. And we both live fulfilled whole lives. Like, she doesn't mm-hmm. complete you. Yes. I don't complete her. Yes. She doesn't make me whole. I don't make her whole, whole in the relationship. And because we are whole in the relationship, that's really what makes this relationship work. Because she doesn't rely on me to complete her. Mm-hmm. Can I just can I yes. just say that in planning for this episode and like going through like the points of like marriage, there were a lot of things. I feel like I came across a lot of like research that triggered me into making me feel like I didn't have my independence. Because mm-hmm. being at this age, what's important to me? I feel like I'm very settled in myself. And my independence is very important. I also understand that in this type of union, you do need to compromise. And I do think that having this conversation is a breath of fresh air because you guys are still two individuals. I don't think that I always hear the narrative of married people where they are still two individuals coming together to create a healthy partnership. Like everything that I was doing Mm -hmm. prior to being married, I should still feel okay with doing that because I'm still the same person. Like, I feel like people lose themselves and I think that's the trigger for me. I was like, wait, 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 do I really? Okay. But you know, y'all are keeping me back on the path now. Cause I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I do not 
no. I think that too, you know, depending upon the age that you enter into marriage, that can, you know, that, that is, I would say something that you would need to talk about. We got married very young. Mm. And so mm-hmm. a lot of the, the independence that you see is what I have learned. And actually a lot of it came through us entering into business, but mm. that was something that was important to me was I, I went to college and I, my goal when I graduated from high school was to go to college, get my degree and be independent and be able to take care of myself here, regardless of if I got married or not. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. um, you mentioned, you know, losing yourself. I, I came from a home where my mom was a stay-at-home mom. So she was my example. And mm-hmm. so we actually came back from the honeymoon with the baby. Mm-hmm. And so... <laughs> so um, I quickly became a mom so early into our marriage. And mm-hmm. in my, my mm-hmm. perspective on what a, a mom should be I definitely struggled. You know, there were days that my husband would come home from work and he would say, how was your day? And I'm like, I changed a hundred diapers and it sucked. And and then there were other days that he would come home and I would be like, oh my gosh, he's so precious. And so Mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out if I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom or if I wanted to be a working mom. And ultimately I ended up finding a profession that I felt that I could really be able to do both and be able Mm -hmm. to have my profession Mm -hmm as well as still be able to be the kind of mom and the kind of wife that I, you know, that I desire to do. And so I'm really grateful for, you know, for that. And so Mm -hmm. you're right in terms of sometimes you do lose yourself. And there, Mm -hmm. there was a time in our marriage that for me, I did lose myself and I, Mm -hmm. I really was putting out everything that I had for my two sons, because for me, raising two black male sons, uh, mm-hmm. I was determined to make sure that they didn't have any of those things that, you know, that they say about black males. So I was like, mm-hmm. my black males are mm-hmm. not going to have suspensions or not going to have expulsions. They're going to be in the gifted and talented class. They are going mm-hmm. to be seen for their brilliance. And mm-hmm. my husband, I was like, when he walks out of that house, I want him to know that he is a king and that he can achieve any and everything that he sets his mind to. So mm-hmm. I went yes. about serving them. But what ended up happening is I did get on empty mm, and okay. we didn't even realize it. And, and so once we realized it, then I had to do the course correction because one of the things that my husband mm-hmm. has always been good at is affirming me and, mm-hmm. and, and helping me to realize my gifts and my talents. And, but he can only do so much. I had, I had to really, and it wasn't that I ever felt that I I wasn't gifted. Like I said, I've been in my profession by the time my kids were, you know, two and three, I figured it out and knew I couldn't be a stay at home mom and, you know, figured out how to do the working mom kind of thing. So I've always been at the top of my profession. So I never had a lack Mm -hmm. of confidence in, in that area, but it was more of what did I do when I got home? And mm. when I got home, it was all about them and not about mm-hmm. me. And, okay. and so I had to, I had to find myself and it took me to be honest, I wish I could say it was, you know, a two month period, but it really mm-hmm. was, um, our business that was so, so much of a blessing that helped me to find myself. And I would say to give the, the, the left brain answer to your question is, <laughs> 
is if if you get married in your twenties versus your thirties versus your forties, you're mm-hmm. in different phases of your life. And so the older mm-hmm. one becomes, the less willing one is to to compromise who they are because you've spent mm-hmm. more time developing it, right? Mm-hmm. And so when somebody else enters into that equation, you got to factor that in because the older we get, the more baggage we bring to the relationship, the, mm-hmm. more, the more we're probably set in, in our ways, both personally and professionally. And so, so when we are in our 20s, Chances are we're in our first marriage. Chances are we're having our first set of kids. And chances are we're still on the path of developing who we are professionally. So a part mm-hmm. of that growth is mm-hmm. going to be molded together as a couple. Getting yeah. together in your 30s, probably the same. But, you know, in your 40s, there's probably those people that are out there that have, that have had kids in a different relationship and, and been mm-hmm. in a different profession or maybe have been in the same profession for a long period of time. So you've learned more, you've learned what you're willing to tolerate and what you don't tolerate. And I think mm-hmm. it gets more clear. So it's always that that push and pull between life circumstances and experiences. And so so okay. when you get into the relationship, making sure that you're super clear. I think the older you get before you get married, you got to be super clear in what you want. And then the other person needs to be super clear in what they want. And then there's got to mm-hmm. be a super clear conversation about what you both want together. Right. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I definitely have heard so many times. Um, there was a pastor that I listened to who did talk about that, how you have to be two whole mm-hmm. people before you yes. enter into a marriage to have, you know, the most successful marriage. So I love that you guys brought that up. and touched on that because so many people are taught like i feel like our society teaches that you need to find the yin to yeah. yang, the person who completes you like this whole thing of you not having to be a complete mm-hmm. person and you have to find your better mm-hmm. half you know so you're half of a person then they're half and you come together and become this whole person so i love that you know you guys Right, it's like one plus one. Exactly. Right. Like, yes. 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 You know, like. the way I look at that whole equation is it's mm-hmm. really three parts. So it's it's me as the individual, complete in of myself. It's her mm-hmm. as the individual, complete in of herself, and it's us together, and Ooh, we that. create another completeness within yeah. our relationship. And so, so there are three parts. So it's not an either or, it's, both, it's not an either or, it's a both and. So as, as a husband, yeah. I've grown because of her. And as a mm. wife, she's grown because of me. And so we influence that process. You know, we influence who we are as parents as well. Mm-hmm. So if you mm-hmm. look at all of those as, as a Venn diagram, maybe with three circles that come together, in, mm-hmm. where those circles all can come, you know, come together. That's the marriage. Wow. Yeah, I love that. I love that analogy. I love. love and I'm gonna need you guys to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna okay. need, I need to meditate on this. We play. We need all of the things. <laughs> all of the things. So perfect, perfect, perfect. I'm so happy that you know you guys touch on all of these mm-hmm. things. Um, marriage rates. <laughs> marriage rates for millennials. Okay. Right now, the percentage of millennials that are married is 
24%. Millennials are actually driving what experts have estimated is a 24% decline in the divorce rate since the 80s, okay? Um, and this was reported by Hannah's mm-hmm. mothers for Cosmopolitan. Many millennials fear breakups and are taking more time to find the right partner to avoid an unstable marriage. And I think that this... It's mm-hmm. true. I definitely think that, you know, us as yeah. millennials, we are very, very focused on our happiness and our joy. We want to have the right mm-hmm. career. We want to have the right house. We want to be at peace most times. So it makes sense <laughs> yes, that you want times. to wait for that partner um, to be like, okay, no, I'm not going to just marry the first person that comes along. I want to make mm-hmm. sure that, you know, this person actually... I'm happy with right. this person. This person is invested in me. This person tells me mm-hmm. that I'm pretty, you know, six point five days. <laughs> right. You know? So whatever that might be, I do feel as though we are taking more time to look for mm-hmm. partners. And I do know a lot of women, especially who are single in their mid to late thirties. And it may also be because they are taking their time to find that right partner. I will also add that many millennials are part of the divorce culture. So because of, you know, being in contact with relationships that were not successful, our mindset is Mm. how can we avoid this? We really want in in terms of selecting the partner and just, you know, really thinking about it. I think for, for ladies, oftentimes from the time that we're, you know, little girls, we're already thinking about who our knight in shining armor is going to be. And, Mm -hmm. and so, I, I can understand even from my own perspective and my own experiences of wanting to be able to have all of what I dreamed of. And Mm. then you become where you start actually dating and you start, you know, interacting with, with people who are the, the prospects or the potentials. And then you realize that people are people and no matter what, you're not going to be able to have someone who lives up to that knight in shiny armor in terms of that dream person. Mm-hmm. So you have to mm. begin to really prioritize what is important to you. And mm. so, you know, the, as you were sharing with millennials, I think that the, the characteristics and just the DNA of a, of a millennial is, you know, looking, I think that one of the things that I love about millennials is your, your true ability to say, I'm not going to settle and I'm going to go after everything that I want. And Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I enjoy about millennials. And I don't want you guys to ever take that away, but I also want you to begin to really prioritize what is important to Mm -hmm. you out of Mm -hmm. all of the things that you're, that you're dreaming about. And so for me, one of the things that was important was I wanted to have a home where my kids were raised in a Christian home. So that was one Mm -hmm. of my deal breakers. Mm -hmm. And so I I wanted, I wanted someone who, who that was what their priority was, because I Mm -hmm. knew that if that was the center of our marriage, that anytime we did have any difficulty, that we were going to solve our conflicts through that lens. Mm -hmm. And and so that Mm -hmm. was just for me, what was my deal breaker. And I wanted someone who truly wanted to live out God's word. And, and so I was able to see that in my husband, um, Mm -hmm. while we were dating. And so that for me was what was important. Mm -hmm. I love that. I would say from my perspective, just the institution of marriage, 
because you cited some 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 really good statistics. If you take a look at what marriage was earlier, like you're talking, you know, the early 1900s to the 1970s, marriage was kind of this facade of what marriage should be. You know, the man would go and work and the wife would stay at home and raise the kids and the man would do his thing. And, and you know, maybe he had another family, but the wife was so dependent on him that she just stayed in the relationship just because mm. there were no other options. Mm-hmm. So she knew what was going on, but she put up with it because she's like, man, what am I going to do? And so with that in mind, one of the things my wife alluded to it a little bit earlier is, I wanted my wife to be independent. So if I if I went off and did something stupid and got off the crazy end, I wanted to do it for two reasons. One is I wanted her to be independent because I wanted to make sure that she could take care of her, herself without me. That mm. you know, if something were to go down or something like that, she could do it. And the other part was was actually selfish, which is I wanted to know that she loved me because of me, not because mm. I was a means to an end. And so, so okay. that was important to me. And so when you take a look at the millennial generation right now, that's right in that process of getting married. One mm-hmm. thing that you guys are really big on is not really accepting the way things have always been. So yep. you question everything. So even the institutional marriage itself, like, Mm-hmm. For, for some, it's like okay, well, that's just a piece of paper, mm-hmm. right? And so, so I look at I look at that and I recognize, you know what? I'm I was born to question everything. That's just kind of my personality. And he does. I'm actually a ruler. That's just kind of how I am. And so, so if I were born in this era, I probably would, would because of the way I am, because we're all a product of our era. Mm-hmm. If, if I were to be born during this era, like where you guys were, I probably would have waited because I would have questioned the whole institution. Because truth be told, the reason why the percentage of divorce has gone down is because the percentage of marriage has gone down. So mm-hmm. you can't get divorced mm-hmm. if you ain't married, right? That is. So because because you've been taught to question these age-old institutions, that's the reason why you're typically getting married later. And me and me mm. in your relationship, you're like, look, I love you, you love me, let's do this. You don't have to have no piece of paper to, to affirm that. Mm-hmm. For me, I still couldn't do that only because being married before the eyes of God means something to me, right? right? And yes, so, yes. so I would need to have somebody in my life that felt the same way but also mm-hmm. understanding that, look, just because marriage is supposed to be this, because TV gets it wrong. Like, they, you know. Speak <laughs> on it. Speak <laughs> on know, it. Like, Let them know. Right? Because, like, what's up with that whole thing where, you know, the man looks at the woman, the woman looks at the man, and they take, like, 32 hours to kiss. <laughs> like, just like, go for the kiss. <laughs> We ain't got to debate this for a long time. <laughs> His fourth oh, is not allowed to watch Hallmark movies with me. Oh, <laughs> I make out sessions way. all day. Make out sessions all day. Right, exactly. You know, and, and, and I don't think TV does a good job of representing the flaws that people bring to a relationship. 
Mm-hmm. They're either all bad or they're all good. We were nuanced. Mm-hmm. Yes. You yeah. know, like I, yeah. I bring lots of flaws to relationships. She brings lots of flaws to the relationship. But going back to the Urban Dictionary definition, it's a constant compromise. I'm mm-hmm. never going to yeah. be that perfect person, nor is she, but I'm okay with it. And so, mm. so the last thing that I'll say on it is that when we got together, the one, the one deal breaker for me is that I wanted to make sure that I saw her at her worst and at her best oh. and that she saw me at my worst and my best before we got married. And then mm. if we could still mm-hmm. live with who that ugly part of that person was, then we'll be good. And she saw that in me and I saw it in her and I was like, you know what? That's the worst. I can live with that. So we're good. Wow. So you see, that's all. I love that. That's all that I want. I'm just like, let it, let it be real. Because the, I grew up with all those Hallmark movies, Love is Painted. So even though I was expecting something different, I sort of was being like, society was like ushering me into, no, you need to look at it this way. It's like save your mentality in a way. So it was like all those things mm-hmm. were challenging. And then as I grew up, I was like, I want the real. Like, I love love stories that are a bit dark. I realized a lot of love stories we were presented were toxic. You don't gotta be, you don't gotta cheat on me for me to love you and our relationship to work out. That's all I'm saying. We, <laughs> we can figure some other things out. We got our own individual baggage. So, yeah, I think you there's know. a difference between toxic and mm-hmm. having a relationship that has the, its ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's yeah. important because you, you want to make sure that you are in a healthy relationship. That is key. Mm-hmm. So many good gems. So many good gems. So we would love to find out how you guys met, how you guys got engaged. Like, what is the story about when you guys met and basically how long you were dating before you got married? All right. So I remember. (laughs) (laughs) We met when we were in college and she didn't know who I was. She didn't know nothing about me, nothing. So my, my friend, connected us. But I remember the first time I saw her, she had on a, a orange an orange top and orange biker shorts. And uh, okay. I was like, ooh, I'm kind of yes, like what sir. I see. <laughs> let me, let me <laughs> get to know her a little bit. And so so I'll, I've always been pretty indirect in my approach. Like, I'm not going to be like, hey, girl, like, that's just not my, my style. Mm-hmm. And so I knew every day, because we, you know, as black folks on campus, there was a place that we hung out together and I knew that, you know, days, certain days that she walked by. So I would just make sure that I was around. And so then I would offer to walk to the class, you know, just to get to know her. And so uh, I'll let her tell you how, how um, my friend, you know, helped us out to get together. <laughs> but, um, but the, but the engagement, so we dated for four and a half years. And okay. uh, so I was thinking about going to Philadelphia to go to a PhD program. So I asked for her to come out there with me. Now, so we go out there and we spend the week because one of my mentors in, in undergrad was uh, was living out there. So we went to go stay with him because we were still dirt broke. And mm-hmm. so we spent the week out there. We come back and get to the airport. And I had this whole elaborate scheme set up. So we get back to the airport and obviously step one starts to fail. So I'm like, dang it, we got to adjust, we got to adapt, <laughs> improvise. And so we get to the baggage plane and uh, long story short, we start walking 
uh, toward the car. And all of a sudden, about five of our friends appear, and this other person that she has no clue who he is, right? So he's got four roses in his hand, and uh, and so he starts singing the, uh, a verse from Luther Vandross, One Looking Yes. Eyes. And so, <laughs> so when she sees him, you know, she has no idea what's going on. So as he starts singing the song, she's like, you don't let him sing this to my baby. It's chill. It's relax. <laughs> <laughs> we got this under control. <laughs> oh, my God. And so after he said, uh-uh, uh-uh, I got a man. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and he's standing so you just right don't let him do this? So after he gets through the verse, uh, my, my best friend takes a handkerchief and puts it on the ground. And so I, I pull out the ring that I had with me the entire time. I asked her to marry me. And uh, there's like 30 people by this time standing behind us. And oh she says God. yes. And oh. everybody starts clapping. And it was just like a scene from a movie. It, 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 true, it definitely truly was. And yes, I did have one orange. I have always been a little different. honey we love orange let's do it okay and and so in terms of us meeting i grew up very uh sheltered in terms of Mm -hmm. my dad being very protective i was one of the young ladies that had a dad in the home and Mm -hmm. i didn't really realize that he had scared all the guys off because i kept wondering like why do you guys not talk to me at my school Mm. and i ended up figuring (laughs) it out later um but from, you know, from there, you know, once I got to college, I was not looking for a husband. I was just trying to go mm. out, go to every. And one of his friends kept telling me, my roommate has it bad for you. And I'm like, who's your roommate? <laughs> and, and so my husband has always been a hustler. He's always mm-hmm. worked hard. And so he had a job that he pretty much worked 40 hours a week and still went to college. So we went wow. to a PWI. Our, both of our kids went to HBCUs, but mm-hmm. we went to PWI. So like he said, mm-hmm. we, you know, we had a, a spot where, you know, all the, the African kids, you know, where we hung out. And, right. and so I would see him from time to time and he definitely was just smooth with it. You know, which way are you going? Oh, can I walk mm-hmm. with you? And he was so smart. I, I didn't realize that he was, you know, really, you know, peeping me out. but. He would ask me, you know, hey, did you go to class today? Like if he saw me and I'm or and I'm like, no. And so <laughs> I definitely know that he had a vested interest. He wanted to make mm. sure because I was a freshman. So yeah. he, he wanted to make sure that I was going to be successful. And once I really figured out who he was um, and that he liked me, it was because he came into one of our good friends apartments with no shirt on oh. and a, la- oh. a laundry basket <laughs> with like talk about he knew he knew he was going to get a girl's heart all of the laundry <laughs> was all mixed up like you don't put whites with you know colors and it's, it's, it's all and he had towels like who washes towels with t-shirts you know right <laughs> like you're not supposed to do that and and he's like does anyone have change for a dollar and so then that's when i figured out that he was the guy that his roommate was talking about and i'm like dang I didn't realize it was him. And I was like, I have a quarter. <laughs> and so from there, that's, that's how we really started to date. And, and I, I will just say, you know, for me, I fell in love probably, even though he was after me, but I believe I fell in love with him first. And mm. so from there, Aww. I was, I was not going to let him go. And it Ooh. started to take him a long time to ask me to marry him. 
And, and so, but I, I will say I confused him because I told him I want to have a job. I want to be independent before I get married. But then by the time I was a junior, I was ready to be married. If he would ask me at that point for his, for his graduation and marry him, I would have said yes. Mm-hmm. So I was ready. So he, he kept, you know, putting it off, putting it off. And then finally I just started putting rings all around, like pictures of wedding rings, like all around <laughs> the apartment. And I, I really was giving him that hint, like you can ask me. And then I started looking for my own apartment. And that's oh. when he really started to, to really move a little bit quicker. And that's when he started to save for the ring. Although I didn't know that he was saving for the ring, but he saw that I was real serious. So on that plane ride back from Philadelphia, he had no idea. I had plans. I, I was, I was already getting ready to, to sign the lease for, for my own apartment. And I was like, he oh, is no. done <laughs> because Ooh. I am not <laughs> going to just give him everything that he is getting for free. This is not going to mm-hmm. happen. And, and I looked at my age and I was like, you know, I'm not going to stay in a relationship with someone who I love dearly and who I will, you know, lay down my life for if he's not willing to, to be the same way. But I didn't realize mm. what he already had in plan. And I didn't realize in his heart, he wanted to have certain things in place before asking me to marry him. Okay. And so, mm. uh, he hates ponytails. He, he likes for my oh. hair to, to be free flowing. And mm-hmm. that morning when we were getting on the plane, I put my hair in a ponytail. And he was like, Oh, are you going to wear, <laughs> are you going to comb your hair? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and I was just really very sweet, but I was, mm-hmm. I, I can only imagine. I must have drove him bananas. And, <laughs> <poor> but, <laughs> and and then the whole time he kept asking me, can you stand over here? And I'm like, no, I don't want to stand over there. And he's like, hey, can you just stand? Can you just wait right here? No. <laughs> and, I, and I'm so sweet normally. And he, he poor thing. But it was it was really a, a beautiful engagement. And mm-hmm. he really and that and that was the beginning of our relationship. Um, being just kind of for me that fairy tale, like even in this pandemic, he figured mm-hmm. out a way to mail me a letter. Uh, and wow. so, uh, it was, I was, you know, sitting, you know, doing a virtual workshop, and all of a sudden he comes in with the mail. And then I look, and he even had did his handwriting differently, where I didn't recognize that it was his handwriting. So I'm thinking oh. it was like a regular letter from someone and I open it and it was the most beautiful letter. So he, he really, I will say that, that no marriage is perfect, but I will say Mm -hmm. that he has been really the one who keeps the spice in the relationship. He, he finds the ways to keep me happy and to let me know how much he loves me. You know, yes. so we're gonna need that worship, that worship, right? Worship, <laughs> like, like help these men, help, mm-hmm. help us, help us. You know, Mrs. Cooper, you're gonna help us dealing with what we need to deal with. Mr. Cooper, you're gonna help them. <laughs> Got you. Yes. Oh, what's your life? I have all the feels. So I'm just going to say prior to getting on this call, like one of my mother's um, good friends mentioned that she's getting married at the end of the month. Mm. So Mercedes, my mindset is this is a lot. This is a lot of explosion and all the good feeling stuff. Just pray for me that I don't get caught up in no situation because I'm real open right now. So uh, <laughs> I'm real open. I'm real hopeful. I'm just, just pray. I'm like, just pray. Oh, Lord. 
we about to be working for like three weeks straight. Yeah, ain't no time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no <time for> <laughs> did an article um, where they present five conversations that you need to have before marriage. Um, the first is having and raising kids. How will you discipline your kids? And are you open to adoption? They said it's okay to disagree on the number of kids after the first one is born. But the main thing is how you're going to discipline them. And if you're open to adoption. It's so uh, interesting that you asked that because mm-hmm. I definitely, before we got married, we talked about that, that we wanted to have two kids and mm-hmm. possibly adopt one. Or I should say that was what my thoughts were. And my honey was like, mm-hmm. I do not want to adopt. Ooh. And I was like, mm-hmm. what do you mean you don't want to adopt? There's kids <laughs> out there that need a home. <laughs> and and he was like, nope, I, I do not want to adopt. And so we we were able to to talk about it. And then all I had to do was to look at some of my family members. And I thought, mm, no, yeah, we're not going to adopt. <laughs> <laughs> you said nope. You said no, 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 no. Well, it's like nope. the second point is money and careers. Decide whether you want to, how you want to pool your money together. If you want to have separate accounts, and which accounts will you draw from for your daily, um, everyday expenses and big investments? Mm-hmm. Um, it says if if one of you is a spender and the other is a saver, choose amounts. It says choose amounts to set aside for like future like purchases. So you both can be satisfied. Um, they also mentioned as far as money and careers, it's okay to disagree on how many hours someone works. That's not as important as how you guys are going to handle your money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely with that one. Um, mm-hmm. I actually disagree that the number of hours someone works is is just as important. I agree. Because mm-hmm. yeah. when my husband went into business, he's always been a workaholic. That's mm-hmm. just how he is. But when you go into business for yourself, it really is a 24-7, uh, you know, 365 day, especially in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. And that was Mm -hmm. something difficult. And so, you know, part of our story is that there was a time that I did feel like a single mom and, Mm. and I, and I wasn't just a single mom staying at home. I had my own career as well. Mm -hmm. And so that, you know, and, and one of the things that happened, you know, our, our, one of our sons said, daddy, why is it that mommy does everything? And, and so that was, that was kind of an eye opener for us to really Mm -hmm. evaluate, you know, how will we running our household? And so we ended up starting where every Mm -hmm. Sunday we would get Mm -hmm. together and talk about what were the family priorities and what needed Mm -hmm. to happen. And, and that, that, that was really, really helpful. And on the accounts, my husband and I definitely have a difference of, how we view money. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, mm-hmm. and I think for many women, safety is really important. But when you're Absolutely. in business, mm-hmm. and both of you guys are business ladies, you understand that you have mm-hmm. to take a risk. Yep. And, and oftentimes, mm-hmm. you have to put out money before you actually earn money. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and for yeah. me, yeah. Uh, one of the things that he talked about is that I do not like to change. I am, mm. I am definitely very, I'm, I'm pretty much the same from when I first entered into college. The changes that I've had has been as a result of our business and me expanding my mind in that way. 
But that was mm-hmm. a big, that was a big issue. Cause I was like, what do you mean that we got to spend, you know, $10,000? Well, when are we going to get the $10,000 back? And mm-hmm. you have to even mm-hmm. be grateful if you get the $10,000 back because sometimes you lose it and yeah. sometimes you end up making 50,000, but you don't know when you put that mm-hmm. $10,000 yeah. out there or whatever the amount is. And so in a marriage, especially when you have kids, it's like, wait a minute, the kids got sh- need some shoes, you know, right. what, how, how are we going to work this out? Mm-hmm. We got rent to pay. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that, that was definitely an area that we had to learn how to work. Mm. in. So he had to learn how to, because you can't give me an assurance that you're not going to lose the money, but he had to give me an assurance mm-hmm. that he had did his due diligence to make, mm-hmm. to do everything that he could to not lose the money. Okay. And, and mm. I had to begin to trust number one, trust God and trust mm-hmm. that he went to God first. Mm-hmm. And, and Very that's important. why yeah. I said that having, for me, having God as, as a central part of our, of our relationship, that helps mm-hmm. me to, to stay in alignment with, with what I believe is the right thing to do. So I am a praying woman and, and yeah. I do, mm-hmm. and I am grateful that I believe that God speaks to me. And so, and Amen. he trusts that as well. So that mm-hmm. was really helpful for us. So yeah. we do have the same account. My name is on everything. That's one thing I mm. don't play. Okay. Yes. Is, <laughs> is my name needs to be on every single account. And so we, that's just how we roll. Some people have okay. separate accounts. So yes, gift mm-hmm. giving can be hard because mm-hmm. if I buy him a gift, he knows how much I spent on it. If he buys mm-hmm. me a gift, I know how much he spent on it. Right. But, um, but to me, that's not important. I think that us being on the same page mm-hmm. and having couple goals in the area of finances is more important than gift buying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I would, I would say to add to that, to that mm-hmm. list is that I think going into a relationship that the couples uh, should come together at least preliminarily about what their sex life mm-hmm. is look like because because oh, okay. there could be different expectations in that. Mm-hmm. And so mm. to, to, we, we talked, we went to premarital counseling. So I would recommend that anybody who decides to get married should do some type of premarital counseling mm-hmm. and put all of the issues on the table. Mm. And so one of the things that we did was with uh, the person that took us through it, like I had to write a list of the things that I liked about her and the things that I didn't like about her. And she mm. did the same for mm. me. And we talked about it openly, mm. right? And so then that gave us the opportunity to really realize, okay, well, this is what she likes about me. Cool. I'll keep doing that. These are the things that she doesn't like about me. There's a decision. Mm. Is it worth me giving that thing up? Or is mm. it worth me saying, you know what? I got to I gotta relinquish that. Man, that was a blind spot. I didn't realize it. And so, yeah, I'm going to stop doing that. Mm. So... So because the stakes aren't as high, because once you get married and you start to figure that stuff out afterwards, you know, that's like, man, like now I'm stuck with this person that I didn't know or I got to, he or she has to change. Mm. So that's one thing. So with going back to the whole deal about sex is that, is that if one person has a completely different appetite, then you got to come together and how are you going to deal with that? And you'll be start to think about what that looks like. And depending upon your age, because we talked about that a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. you may not know what that is, quite mm-hmm. honestly. Right. And so sometimes yeah. as a couple, that will evolve together. 
And that mm-hmm. is a process that's always ever evolving. And I think, mm-hmm. I think at least coming together when you first get together and having an understanding of what the other person's perspective and expectations are is of mm-hmm. critical importance. And the number one reason why people divorce is money. And so really talking about our views of money, our attachment mm-hmm. to money, when we go through stress, do we use retail therapy? You mm-hmm. know, do, do we just flippantly mm. go and try one thing and then try another and then try another mm. and then go through the money? And so how we right. deal with money is mm. of imperative importance because of the fact that if yeah. you begin to start having issues with the money, that just, again, opens the door for other things to start creeping into the relationships. And and I think talking about sex in the Christian Mm -hmm. church, we don't talk about it. And especially because of the fact that you're not supposed to have sex before you get married. So Mm -hmm. if you're, if you Mm -hmm. have a Christian counselor and you, you have already had sex before marriage, Sometimes there's that taboo of talking about it inside that that type of relationship, especially if your pastor is doing your 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 mm-hmm. counseling. And so I would just share, mm-hmm. you know, with the audience that because sex is so important to your relationship, that you really have to select who your premarital counselor is going to be, someone who is going to be able to help you help guide you in that area. Because mm-hmm. if you want to be in a monogamous relationship for years, we've been married for 24 years. And, and that is such a critical part of your relationship. You really want to be able to be with a counselor that can walk you through um, mm-hmm. some of those aspects of the relationship that, that of your sexual relationship mm-hmm. that's so important. And I just don't, I just think in the Christian church, we don't, we don't talk about it because mm-hmm. especially as ladies and, and even for me, you know, when we, when we were dating and we were going to church there, you know, someone came up to me and was like, Oh, you know, I want you to be able to be part of the youth group and, you know, talk about purity. And I looked at the lady and I was like, I can't be part of that class. Like mm. I, I can't teach that class. And, right. and, and the feeling that I had, um, I'm in church, so I can't lie. And, mm-hmm. and also at the same time, the, the feelings re- revolving around that. And so, mm-hmm. so I think that it's, it's very important for us to, to talk about that. Yeah. Um, and I will also just add mm-hmm. to this is, you know, we talked about the ideals around being a Christian. There's also mm-hmm. this, these perceptions, you know, within the African American community about counseling. We have mm-hmm. a tendency to think that if you go to get counseling, something has to be wrong with you. And, right. and so having mm-hmm. another person's perspective to allow you to process things verbally and to mm-hmm. also illuminate blind spots, that's what counseling is all about. And so mm-hmm. having that before you get into a relationship is, is to me imperative because a lot of times we just haphazardly go into marriage not knowing what to expect. And, and so then we think that whatever issues and problems we had before we got into the relationship, marriage is going to fix it. It does the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. It amplifies yep. it. Problems that mm. you have exacerbates anything that you had previous. Because why? You can't just walk away. Yeah. Like I, I remember when we first got married, like she, she would have these pet peeves that I had no idea about. For example, her pet peeve was me leaving the cabinets open. That's kind of what I did. She hated it. 
And my pet peeve was leaving leaving toothpaste in the sink. And so I'm like, after you brush your teeth, you have to rinse all the day out. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, after you take out a Twinkie from the cupboard, you have to close it. And both of us are like, what's the big deal? Because we had to figure that, that was the compromise. I make sure mm-hmm. that I close the cupboards and she makes sure there's no toothpaste in the bottom of the sink. And so yeah. it's on 24 years later. And let's just say he is the neater one in the relationship. Usually it's the lady that would complain about toothpaste. He is definitely, definitely the, the neater one. And, and we weren't planning on, so let's just put this out there. We weren't planning on going to counseling. And mm-hmm. I am a counselor professionally. And so mm-hmm. we, need, we thought we dated for four years. We got this. But um, our minister who was going to marry us, he's like, I'm not going to marry you unless you do premarital counseling. And mm. so I'm so glad that he did that because we we were not planning on it. We were like, we know each other. We've been married four mm-hmm. years and date, I mean, dating four years. And mm-hmm. so we, we didn't think it was necessary, especially when you're so in love. And right. I can say that there were so many things that I didn't think about. I was so in love. I, I, I was not thinking about a whole lot of things. And so I'm mm-hmm. so grateful that our minister, you know, put his foot down and said, you will do this or I'm not marrying you. Oh, I appreciate him. Yeah, but yes, get it together. So point number three, I'm just going to go through them like quickly, just state them. Um, you discussed it. Um, point three is about religion and values. Um, it states that um, for a lot of people, fights happen when the other person turns out to be more religious than they thought. Um, you might not go into the marriage caring, but the problems happen when children start to arrive. Um, point five is how you, point four is how you handle your fights. Um, whatever your argument style, it's up to you, but they're saying like, when you hash it out, make sure the behavior is acceptable, um, for both of you and you identify like what's off limits. You guys also mentioned point five, which is deal breakers and bucket lists. Um, Basically, like if you have a spouse who has a flirtatious eye, like we all know that that's not going to happen. But if you have a spouse who's like, oh, like I want to move to Rome in 10 years, that's where I want to, you know, end my life. That's something that should be discussed. And essentially, that's the list of what you should be discussing before marriage. Yes, definitely. I I think those are also important. Mm -hmm. And and. Because we got married, I think that a lot of the bucket list, we got a chance to develop together. So I'm I'm definitely Mm -hmm. very grateful. Um, We were married in our early 20s. So, and then in terms of how you handle fights, I do think that that is also important because sometimes what will happen is someone can inadvertently take advantage of the other person. So if one person is, is usually the the one who backs down first then Mm -hmm. the other person can know that about them so i think that when you're in a relationship you want to be able to be safe because outside of your home you are going to have those fights and people are going to do whatever they need to do to win that fight but inside Mm -hmm. your home you don't want to be married with someone that you don't feel safe with that you feel like they're going to take advantage of you when you're at your most vulnerable moment and Mm -hmm. when you are angry when you are hurt you are at your most vulnerable. And so for us, that was one thing that I will say that we definitely have done well is that Mm -hmm. we do take each other in consideration 
when we are having a fight. And, mm-hmm. and so I always try to at least be mindful of the words that I'm saying, because you cannot take back the words. So yeah. while, while I may not disagree, while I may not agree with him, I don't want to call him an idiot. Like if I think he's mm. making a, a decision that is stupid, I don't want to say you, you idiot. Like he's right. going to, he's going to remember that. Yeah. When he's running his business and he needs to make mm. a decision, I don't want him feeling like he's an idiot. And so, mm-hmm. so for me, that, that's, and that just goes back to my principle as a wife. My principle mm-hmm. as a wife is that I always want to uplift my husband and mm-hmm. I want him to know that he is the best thing since sliced bread. And I want him mm-hmm. to know that he can achieve and conquer anything. And so even in our lowest moments, I'm, I, I have vowed that I will not break him down. Mm, yeah, see, I love it. Mm-hmm. Men in general want to be respected, and women want to be loved. And so, mm-hmm. when we fight, the easiest way to get to us is to disrespect us or emasculate us. And the mm-hmm. easiest way for us to get to them is to show some way that we don't love them. And so, mm-hmm. in in our fits of rage, oftentimes what happens is we cut each other down because we because we love each other and know each other better than anybody, we also know how to hurt each other. And so mm-hmm. so one of our deal breakers that we made when we were young is we said, you know, when we're in public, when we're around our friends, we make a pact to each other to never uh talk about somebody each other at their expense. So mm-hmm. we, you know so you know how like a lot of times what'll happen is People talk about the old lady, this, and my man, this, and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. No matter what, even if some some of those things that are said we, we can identify with, we don't ever put each other down. Because what happens is, you know, when, if I'm talking to my friends and she's there and, and we're all laughing, we're laughing not with her, we're laughing at her. And so she's around her girls and I'm there and she says something crazy about me, whether I'm there or not. It's always at the other person's expense. That's a deal breaker for us. And so mm-hmm. we've always been very conscientious about uplifting each other. I love it. It's definitely um, one of the things I always, even though I'm single in my singleness, <laughs> is just talking and having these hard conversations before marriage. I think mm-hmm. that marriage counseling before marriage is so important. Like you said, there is another person asking you questions that you haven't even asked yourself right. um, that you now get to think about and work through with your partner before marriage. Because these things that you may not have been able to br- bring up before, like the cabinets or the toothpaste or whatever, some of those, you brought up other things in marriage counseling. So it's like, okay, well, I already told him, but he gets on my nerves for X, Y, and Z. So mm-hmm. like telling him about the cabinets ain't really going to be that big of a deal. Right. So let's talk about that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I love that you guys are just, uh, this episode is so everything. So <laughs> let's get into what are the secrets to a lasting marriage? So according to marriage.com, and I'll just go through these eight, um, these seven tips really quickly. One is understanding how to compromise. Two is show emotions and be vulnerable. Three is trust fully in your spouse. Four is show physical affection. 
Five, respect one another. Six is appreciate every moment of time spent together. And seven is be best friends. So what are your thoughts on this list for a lasting marriage? And like, what do you guys think are the secrets to a lasting marriage? Mm -hmm. Well, my number one secret, you've heard me say this is prayer. And so so that, (laughs) that, that for me is number is number one, but I Mm -hmm. actually agree with the list and, and I, I, I probably wouldn't have worded it exactly the same way, but mm-hmm. the one thing that I think that is truly important is, is showing the affection and mm-hmm. figuring mm-hmm. out because there's, there's what the most common book that people talk about now is the five love languages. And, oh, and, love and so sometimes what is important, you've heard me say that my, my thing for my husband is really affirming him, but mm-hmm. guess what? that's not his love language. And, and mm. so sometimes it's so funny because, you know, I'll give him an affirmation and, and he's like, thank you, but just don't forget that that's not my love language. So my, oh. hu- my <laughs> husband's love language is physical touch. And, mm-hmm. and, and it's more privately, like when we're in public, I want him to hold my hand. So you would think if, if his love language is physical touch, that he would grab my hand first. Well, when we're out in public, he is on a mission. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so sometimes I have to remind him like, honey, I have cute heels on. <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's right. <laughs> so, but privately, he, he is very, very affectionate. And, and that is his love language. Whereas for me, it is, uh, words of affirmation is my love language. And so mm-hmm. I would say definitely couples should really figure out how do they enjoy feeling loved and what is necessary because there's two things. There's a, there's a way that you enjoy it, but then there's also a need too. Mm-hmm. And so I do have a need for affirmation and God just worked it out that my husband is very good with words. And, mm-hmm. and so it, it I, I was blessed because I didn't even know to ask for that. So, so mm-hmm. that would be, that would be something that I would add in terms of a secret to, to your relationship is you understanding what your love language is and communicating that to your spouse. So that way they're not wasting time. Cause that can be a source of conflict. Like I'm showing you that I love you. I'm doing everything I'm working hard. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and, and then you're, it could, it could actually end up feel, having that one spouse is working hard. Like they're not even appreciating what I do. Right. And on the other end, they're like, but that's not what I want. That's not what I like. Mm-hmm. And what I would add to the list, she kind of spoke on it, which is empathy. I think what I mm. think the key to every effective relationship is viewing it through their perspective. So mm. the things that I do, how would she respond to this? You know, what the things that I'm saying right now, how is she going to interpret this? This, this decision that I'm going to make, what how would she process this decision? And so by having empathy, and it's different, it's just, just having an idea. Empathy is really evoking the, the, uh, the feeling of it and the response to it. And so mm-hmm. by, by being empathetic of each other in a relationship, I think it's important because sometimes we, we act in selfish ways and we don't consider what the impact is going to be on our spouse. And I would say the other thing that I would add would just be uh, the, the the concentration of consciously growing together. Mm. Because because if you're going to live a life 
and, and the ideal is to do this thing one time. Obviously, that's not the case in many cases. I mean, mm-hmm. that, so I'm not, I'm not saying it from a judgmental perspective, but, but to grow together is imperative because, mm-hmm. you know, as I start to have goals and dreams and as I get older, I start to realize those goals and dreams. If they're not, if she's not a part of it, then we start to drift apart. But it's so mm-hmm. gradual that we look up in 10 years, we're like, oh my God, it's like, I'm a thousand miles away from you now. And so, mm-hmm. so we grow together. So, you know, so part of that is challenging each other. You know, she challenges me. One time I was in the process of, of getting all of these different degrees and stuff like that. But because I'm so goal oriented, I was just like, okay, that's over. Okay. What's next? Okay. That, that accomplishment's over. What's next? And she, I remember one time we were having a conversation and she's like, you know, every accomplishment you get, you get it, but you're not happy about it. I'm like, well, what's that you're happy about? I'm not where I want to be yet. And, and as she was telling me, I, I was fighting back and pushing back. And I was like, but, but babe, you just don't understand. Like, I am super goal oriented. And if I, and if I stop and, and, and bask and, and celebrate here, I might get weak and I might get lazy and I might get stagnant. And that was mm. my ultimate fear was stagnation. But, after the conversation, I had to reflect on it, and she was right. And what would happen is I was constantly unhappy because I was always looking for the next thing. When I got my first degree, I was looking for the next degree. When I got the next degree, I was looking for the next degree. When I started this business, then I was looking to make more money. And then when I made more money, I wanted to have more time freedom. When I had more time freedom, I wanted to do, you know, and go change the world in this way. And it was always this constant one thing after the other. And so she had to challenge me. She had to check me because while I was growing, I was doing it in a, in a way that was unhealthy. And, mm-hmm. I, and then I also had to challenge her. There was one time where, you know, she likes stability. She talked about that earlier in our conversation. I was like, you got to put yourself in positions where you challenge yourself, where mm-hmm. you become uncomfortable. You gotta start doing things intentionally that makes you uncomfortable because that's how you grow. And then, you know, mm. she would, she would push back. But then, you know, we understood that when we challenge each other, that is coming from a place of love, that is coming from a mm. place of knowing that we both want to continuously grow. And if, and if one is growing and the other one's not, then the relationship starts to die. So we have to constantly grow and we have to constantly push each other to grow. Yeah. And that's Mm -hmm. why you want to grow together because, Mm -hmm. and, and also one thing I will say about him is that while he is very, very ambitious, I am very grateful that he does not want to leave me behind. And so Mm -hmm. sometimes I would tease him and feel and tell him like, I got one kid on one hip, the other kid on the other hip. And we're like running, running, trying (laughs) to keep up with you. And, and I, I'm very, I definitely am very grateful that at any any juncture that he was at when he was a school principal, me and the kids were at his school in every aspect of his business. He has always involved me. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and if, if I wasn't involved, it was by, by my choice, not by his choice. And he always made sure that there was a place for me. So when I showed up, people mm-hmm. already knew who I was. They already knew my gifts and they were grateful mm-hmm. that I was there. And, and so yes, I, I'm definitely very, very grateful. And 
like I said, our business has been one of the biggest blessings to our relationship because it has mm-hmm. allowed us to grow and to to put those goals that we have to make an impact in the community that mm-hmm. we have shared goals of how we want to impact the community. And then there's also different things that he wants to do personally. And there's different things that I want to do personally. And we even okay. have family goals. So our two sons, we, we have family goals as well for how we mm-hmm. want to impact the community. I love it. Can I just say that point number three, um, trust fully in your spouse during the research? I was like, oh my God. Like, I felt like, I felt like the internal tug for me as a single person because I'm like, okay, this this triggers me because there's issues with trust with me individually. Yes. So even before I get to the point of being in a marriage, honey, we got to work those out. I was yes. like, I'm always looking at things like, okay, in my space that I am now, like how can I do the internal work so I can like have like a little bit of a head start getting into or considering you know, a lasting marriage. Yes. Yes. Trust begins a lot with forgiveness. Mm. And, and so, mm. you know, you hear the cliche thing that forgiveness is really about the person who was violated and them being able to forgive and that that's what is going to allow them to be able to move on. And, and that actually is true. It's not just cliche. It's, it's true that mm. any person who has been violated, that means initially, um, mm-hmm. But if someone betrayed you in any way, even if it was just something simple that your girlfriend said, you know, let's meet at the mall and they didn't show up. Mm. And, and so we, we do have to really begin to go on that journey of forgiveness. And that's how trust can be opened up. Love that. Okay. I definitely like I'm, I'm here for this list. I have said to so many people that I want to be married to my best friend, mm-hmm. okay? <laughs> and people constantly look at me like, what? I'm like, no, like this, I want to be married to my best friend. I want to have so much fun in my relationship. Mm-hmm. I want us to just have such a great foundation of friendship, inside jokes, all of the things that, you know, it's just, just the mm-hmm. best. Yeah, we um, definitely have learned so in I this love- pandemic. Um, we've always known we were best friends, but We've been together like every day, nonstop. And so I yeah. went to go pick up some food. And I, I, when I got back, I said, honey, I actually missed you. Like, from you know, <laughs> I was only gone for a few minutes, but literally we, I, I would say that you definitely want that to be a foundation because none of us expect it to be, you know, at home and we're in California. Mm-hmm. So, so things are definitely yeah. shut down here. So we have been together all day, every day. And, and so, but we have enjoyed it and, and, mm-hmm. and it really mm-hmm. did really validate our friendship. And, and so we, like I said, we knew we were best friends, but to be able to be together all this time and actually enjoy it and love it. And our two sons are are here and, you know, we'll, we'll leave. We're like, okay, we're going on a walk. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and they kind of know, like, don't have to come. Like this is us. <laughs> so right. Sometimes they'll join us, but they can just kind of tell when we're walking out the door, like, okay, they they want their own time and our neighbors, you know, <laughs> have seen us and they're like, Wow, like you guys you guys really like enjoy each other. Like we see you I guys just 
hanging out, holding hands and, and, and walking. And then, and, and then sometimes it's really for exercise. Like we really got to, you know, hoof it and put up yeah. a sweat. <laughs> so yes, definitely. Friendship is really important. I love all of that. Um, okay. So we are going to get into our last little section. Um, how do you know you found the one or is there such a thing? There has been a lot of talk about dismantling the idea of soulmates. I definitely am in the soulmate club. <laughs> I am here for the soulmates. Um, but there are a lot of people who don't agree in soulmates or they agree that you have more than one. Um, so a soulmate is a person ideally suited to another as a close friend or a romantic partner tied to Shiro the author of The Science of Happily Ever After, What Really Matters in the Quest of for Enduring Love, is one relationship ex- expert who has argued that having or striving for a soulmate was an obstacle to a healthy and lasting relationship. The problem with soulmates is that people tend to think that fate is responsible for producing them. It says the reality is that enduring love is the byproduct of intentional, clear thought or action, as well as a healthy dose of persistence. So do you guys believe in the one or even just, even if there isn't the one quote unquote, how do you know you found the right partner? Well, for me, you know, our experience, because we did get married so young and we met each other so young, I, my experience was that I found my soulmate and, mm-hmm. and because I wasn't looking Mm-hmm. I had just got graduated from high school and I was ready to go to every single party and hang out every single place. And I was not trying to be with one person. And, mm. and so as I was able to be around my husband, I just on a soul level knew that we were connected. And, mm. and so for me, there were a lot of things that I didn't think about. Like I said, it was our marriage, uh, our minister that said, no, you guys will go through counseling. And so there were a lot of things that I didn't think about. I just was like, you know, we get it. We have fun when we hang out with each other. You know, as my husband said, you know, we got a chance to see each other through, you know, some deaths in our family. So we got a chance to see each other at our lowest. We got a chance to see each other, you know, at our top when we were achieving. And there were a lot of things that I didn't think about. And so for me, I do believe in faith and I believe that God at the right appropriate time. But I know mm-hmm. that there are other people that that was not their experience and they did find their soulmate later in life. And, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I don't think that there is one answer. I think it really depends on, on what is in your cards. And I, and mm-hmm. I think sometimes what happens is we want what someone else has and we got to, we got to want what God mm-hmm. has for us. And so I think that that is that for me is the most important thing is that you you gotta you gotta really seek God and know what God wants for you and and who mm. who does God have for you and and mm. when is He going to present that person to you? Right, because Lord, I want to know when this pandemic has me questioning a lot. <laughs> okay, need a, a tracking number or something. Right, he, confirmation like, number. Is the delivery <laughs> pending? Is it delayed? I just need to ask you Jesus. <laughs> <Lord, this> <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, not that God. No, not that one, God. Not that. <laughs> see, see, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I think that's that's what happens. Is you know, again, we we have this picture of who the knight in shiny armor is, and, right. and and they, you know, your your blessing may have already shown up, and you wasn't paying attention. I have a I have a different perspective about the soulmate question than, than Tasha does mm-hmm. because I believe that the essence of our lives is to know ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of obviously mm-hmm. being in relation to God. So I'm talking but knowing yourself. And I think when you go on a journey to know yourself, you know what you like, you know what you don't like, and you also know what the other person that you're going to get into this relationship would would like because you are on a quest to find that. And I think there's lots of people, you know, when you think about, you know, the person who was in a great relationship, I got a friend, um, my wife and I have a mutual friend who was... Uh, in a committed relationship, her husband died when she was 24. Check mm-hmm. this out. He's in a oh motorcycle a, a motorcycle accident. She has a one-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and she's pregnant with her second daughter. Oh, wow. He dies. She meets another person. They get together, and they have a, a third child together. But those two girls are his. Mm. And they look at him and see him as daddy, even though he's not his biological. And when you see them, they're as happy as they ever could be. And she openly talks about the love she had for her first husband wow. because there wasn't, there was a tragic situation that, mm-hmm. that separated them. So I do believe there are lots of, there are lots of people out there who are compatible. I just think what happens is because we enter into relationships broken or mm-hmm. dysfunctional and we're not whole, we don't know who we are. And we don't therefore know what we want. And because of that, we attract people who are of the same. Because think about it. If you are fully knowing of who you are and you understand what it means to be functional, you are not going to allow some some person to enter into your life that doesn't espouse that same value. And so, so when you know what you want and you know who you are, you expect the same out of somebody else. And I think there are many people out there who, who fit that criteria. And that's the reason why I don't prescribe to the soulmate. But I think though, like when I think about my wife, she is a perfect match for me. She is. Mm. And so, and that's the reason why relationship works. But we were very clear. Like I was very clear in our relationship when we were boyfriend and girlfriend. I was like, look, I work hard. I work lots of hours. When I get home, I don't want some nagging wife. I don't want that. Oh, she was no like, nag. right. So the expectation. I, I was clear about that, and I didn't mean mm-hmm. in a way where I was belittling or demeaning. I essentially was saying, look, if I'm going to go out and work hard, I want to have peace when I get home. She's like, cool. That's mm-hmm. just that's not her personality. Like if you, mm-hmm. you get to know her, she's very easygoing. She's chill. You know, she she always finds the best in circumstances, and mm-hmm. like, and so that's not an area of struggle in our relationship. And if that were, I wouldn't have married her. And if that was something where she, because sometimes people enter into a relationship and arguing to them is a sign that they love each other because 
they believe that, you know, fighting and, and really, you know, having intense conversations is a, is a trigger that you love each other. Well, that's not how we roll. And so, mm. if, so if we were incompatible in that situation, she would be saying, Oh man, let me, let me have this intense argument because I love you. And I'm like, no, I don't want that nagging. That's nagging to me. So, mm-hmm. so we had to be in alignment along those lines. And that's just why it works because we mm-hmm. figured it out. And I think, you know, we definitely have differences of opinions and we're able to express them. So even mm-hmm. with the difference of opinion with um, the belief and soulmate, my difference of opinion is that that's why divorces happen. Because what happens is people will say, well, I don't believe in soulmates. And the wife that they currently have someone else comes in and they think the grass is greener on the other side and they're like, okay, well that Mm. looks a little bit better. So I don't really believe in soulmates. So I'm going to go over there. And so, so I think for me, I think that it's important to really, like I said, for me, it is, it is all about God. And do Mm -hmm. do you believe that this is the person that God has chosen for you? Mm -hmm. And if you believe that this is the person that God has chosen for you, then that is where your commitment comes in and your commitment first mm-hmm. is to God and to be pleasing to God. And mm-hmm. and so, so that, that is something that I feel very strongly about my yeah. husband. And I, one of the things I love is that, you know, we'll talk about different subjects and we will have a difference of opinion. And so with soulmates, my, my difference of opinion is that it does need to be God ordained. And, and are you with the person that you believe that God has chosen for you? And so for me, because I believe that I am with the person that God has chosen for me, that allows me to walk out that biblical principle of being a Proverbs 31 woman. Mm, and, yes. and I think that when people ascribe to the soulmate um, philosophy or the, the lack of, a, you know, there being a soulmate, that that gives them permission to say, well, you know, you were good for me at this point in my life, but now... Uh, I have a difference of opinion and I think someone else may be better for my life. And, mm. and, and I, for me, I just believe in for better or for worse and that you are with that person um, till death do you part. And, mm-hmm. and there are times that I haven't been at my best self and, and my husband could have easily said, well, you know, she's not at her best self. So I could choose somebody else who is at their best self. And then mm. that's why, people go from relationship to relationship and, and you need to, mm. you need to be with the person in their, their good side as well as in their downside. And that's why me and my husband agree. And that's why I really believe, cause even though he doesn't have the same philosophy with soulmates, he does believe in the biblical principles and, mm-hmm. and he does believe in abiding by those biblical principles. And, and that's why our marriage has lasted. Yeah. I think, I think for me, what I've learned, um, on this episode is you guys really have to be on the same page. Like regardless of like the foundation of who you are, who you guys have created, what you've created, it needs to be aligned. Like even if we don't believe in soulmates or the concept of it, you guys are still, your principles, your foundational principles are still the same. And I think the takeaway for me is like, make sure your foundational principles are still the same and you guys are unshaken by that. You guys understand that this is giving God glory. So this is what our foundation is. And when we step away from that, we know that we're no longer working according to this foundation. Right. Exactly. 100%. Ugh. 
I have loved everything about this episode. Um, again, for me, it just reaffirms that I need to be married to my best friend. Okay. And I'm still doubling down on the idea of soulmates. I definitely believe that there is a man that God has ordained for me when he will arrive. Only Jesus knows at this point. So, um, but yes, I love, love, love your foundation. I'm like, I may have found my marriage counselor. I'm like, oh, right? And <laughs> that's what I said. That's what I said. I'm like, like, like y'all have all the information from right. both sides, and I love it. And it's you know, it's grounded in a Christian relationship, mm-hmm. and I think above all else, that is what um, Mercedes and I want. We definitely want a foundation of Christianity in our relationships, and um, it's just just another level of, you know, trust that you can give someone who also has that um, foundation with you. So right, I appreciate I you guys. Okay. We have enjoyed our time you. too, ladies. <laughs> so, so much. Um, I know the listeners have gotten all of the information today and we just want, oh, just, just like, like everything else, marriage is what you put into it. The grass is always greener if you water it. So make sure you're putting your time and energy where you want to. And if you start wandering, that's where the grass is going to be greener. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you need to tell your wife six and a half days a week that she is yes. beautiful and, you know, really water and put the time and energy, like Latasha said, into finding out what each other's love languages are. And that's how you guys grow better and show each other the love and affection that you both deserve. <laughs> Latasha. And Lynn, where can the people find you? So we can be found on Instagram at Dr. Lynn Cooper, as well as myself at Natasha Cooper 08. And our podcast can be found peace of mind podcast underscore. Love it. And is peace. It's P I E C. Yes, it is. Perfect. Perfect. So thank you guys for listening for, to another episode of Boot Up Still Loading. This is our finale, okay? Yes. So another season is a wrap. Be Made sure to love. follow. We, we did. <laughs> we did. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Boot Up Podcast and on Instagram at Boot Up Still Loading to keep the conversation going. Until next season, we'll see you guys on social media.